Hi, this is Paul. So, over the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to figure out what to do with this podcast. I've been trying to work out what combination of business as usual and information and distraction is appropriate at the moment. And honestly, I really have no idea. It seems odd not to address the COVID-19 elephant in the room, but at the same time, I don't want to just add to the noise. If you're anything like me, you'll be starting to tune out a lot of updates for no other reason than to protect your own sanity. The last two weeks have been the most challenging that I can remember in my entire life, both from a business perspective and from a mental health perspective. And that's actually why I decided to put today's show out. It was recorded in the middle of February, a few weeks before the World Health Organization called the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic, and long before we really took it seriously in the UK. And that now seems like like an age ago. So what you're going to hear today is a chat about celebrating five years in business and about the lessons learned from that. It's a conversation full of optimism, and it's kind of in stark contrast to how the communications industry is feeling right now. I did a quick poll on Twitter yesterday, and about 60% of people are focusing on minimising loss at this time. Only 6% are focusing on profit. So maybe this is important as a reminder of some kind of normality, or maybe on the other hand, it's insensitive. Like I say, I, I really have no idea, so I'm, I'm just going to play this anyway. But what I'd like to do is follow this up with shows that shine a light on how things are now. Not in a depressing and miserable way, but in a very pragmatic manner that looks ahead to what comes next. So to that end... I'd really love to talk to you, so please do get in touch with me at paul at paulsutton.co if you'd like to chat. But for now at least, here's today's show. Oh, and the way this starts? I really had no idea what was coming. I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. Five years ago, I left the security of paid employment to establish my consultancy. And make no bones about it, starting a business is tough. According to the Small Business Association, 30% of new businesses fail in the first two years and only half make it to their fifth anniversary. Around the time I was starting my consultancy, today's guest Rich Lee was doing the same. Rich runs Radioactive PR and his journey over the last five years, though different to mine, bears many similarities. His career in public relations started at 10 Yetis in 2008, who, in his words, took a shot on me. After five and a half years at the agency, during which time he'd also had two kids, he moved from Gloucester to Frank PR in London. I was working in London Monday to Thursday, so I was going in early on the Monday, coming back late on the Thursday, and working from home on the Friday. And as much as the work was great, as much as I you know, really like the people there, the problem was four days a week from your family is not easy. And you know, especially when I was staying with a mate of mine, and. He was great, but you know, you live very different lives when 
he's single, no kids, and you know, he wants to go out and do single, no kids things, and I'm there still working. By this time, Rich was already showing the signs of entrepreneurship that would later serve him so well. He created the blogger database Bloggerbase in 2012, and then the website PR Examples. After six months of living four days a week in London and missing his family, Rich decided to move back home permanently and concentrate on building subscriptions to Bloggerbase. But as well as not enjoying effectively being a salesman, he says he was very naive in the way he approached the business. We had like Ralph Lauren using it, Disney using it, Lego used it, I think. Um, you know, some really big brands using it. Um, big agencies, Ketchums and, and, and all of those. But the problem was we gave so much away. But, you know, and that was, it was naivety on my part. Still young, we're very young when I started that. So it was a case of not being the most um, financially astute in terms of running the business. And I just really struggled with it for money. And so, after a short spell as a freelance PR consultant, Rich established the agency, then called Rich Lee and Company, that was to become Radioactive PR. In today's show, Rich and I compare notes from our first five years in business and discuss our successes and our failures. I incorporated the business on the 18th of November, I think, uh, 2014, but I always, from an anniversary perspective, um, I think first impulse paid was um, the first week of December. It wasn't to me as a freelancer, it was to what was then Richley and Company, um, yeah. before I changed it to Radioactive PR a couple of years later. What about you? When, when was yours? I incorporated my company around about the same time, October-ish 2014. I count my first trading day, if you like, as the 1st of January. Uh, I had kind of done a couple of little bits before then, but technically I was still employed then. So uh, my company I started, I effectively count that as, yeah, the 1st of January. But, yeah. I mean, we're, we're both as good as, damn it, five years old together. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, exactly. So congratulations on five um, years. Thanks to you, mate. Yeah, congratulations. We're still here. <laughs> Yes, that's it. I I can't speak for you, obviously. We'll get into this, but I've learned so much over the last five years. And I mean, I would say I've learned a lot in the last two years specifically. I would say it took me three years to really get my head around my business and and what it means. Does that does that apply to you, or you have different time frames? Yeah, slightly different. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm interested. Why why do you think it was? Um, that you know the first three years were different to the to the last two. Just like financial security, being in a place where you know the clients are likely to come to you and that kind of thing. I think it's around confidence, and one of the biggest lessons I've learned in that in that five year time frame is to trust my instinct a bit more. And and I mean, I mean by that, even when it comes to clients. So, for example, I had a couple of inquiries at the back end of last year, which were fine on paper, but just didn't feel right. And this is difficult to explain. Didn't feel like they would be technically the sorts of people that I'd want to work with long term or the projects I would enjoy or... Do you think that was the people or do you think that was the businesses? Because I've got thoughts on this. Difficult to know. I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I I don't, I can't tell you. This is an instinct thing only. Yeah. Um, So for me, you're 100% right. It's, we we had one recently that came in and almost from the off there were flags and it was both the the project itself and also the the kind of people involved. Um, I think one of the things that gets my back up is when there's almost an immediate play for uh, and you're going to do this at this kind of rates for us or there's right. like a lack of respect almost yeah. immediately they, you know they'll, they'll make a playful jive about how you know um, you know can we can we 
get lesser rates and get lower rate fees. Um, it's something like that. Um, but actually, we, we had another one that said, ideally, we would work in the London agency. And I was like, right, well, we're not going to work with you. Like, <laughs> you know, like in, in 2020, you can, you know, we charge whatever we charge and rightfully so to work really good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think um, you know, if, if you're coming into this with the 1980s, you know, we need to work with a big London agency with the name above the door kind of um, attitude, yeah. then, you know, it's just from a relationship perspective, not going to work because you immediately see us as, you know, less than you. And I fundamentally believe, you know, with a good client relationship, and I've talked a lot about this, written a lot about this, it, it is a relationship and there's a back and forth. And just because you pay us, you know, we're doing something in return for that. It doesn't make us become a lesser class. Um, and you get some clients that kind of feel like you are, that you're, you know, that you're just a service. And it's like, no, you know, we both get good things out of this if we work well together. So, and, and it is, as you say, an, an instinctual thing where you, just kind of get a feeling that they're not going to be the, right. you know, the, the, the best client for you. Yeah, one, I had, like I said, I had two or three inquiries that had that sort of response from me personally. Yeah. One of which I took, and it was a brilliant project to work on, but was so stressful because of the person I was working with. Two others I didn't take. And I'm, I don't know how they're going. I've had a, a recontact from one of them. But I'm kind of pleased with my decisions not to do that because, like I say, I've listened to my instinct and I would encourage anyone to 100%. just double down on that stuff because, I, you know, you, you can't explain this stuff sometimes. But do you know, I've never regretted the decision not to take on a client that I felt like that with. Not once. Exactly. If I, if I looked at them and thought, wow, oh, you know, I wish I'd made a different decision there. And I think in five years is a long time to, to kind of say that for them. And obviously, in the first yeah. couple of years, you don't necessarily um, you know, have the um, you know have the luxury of, of, of saying that. Um, and then that, I guess that, that brings us back to your point about you know, how I, how the first few years felt. Do not, I, I guess I didn't really enjoy it for the first two three years. Um, right. And I'm a very security conscious person. You know, it's all about is there enough money in the bank to to make sure that you know, if all this Go to tits up and we lost every client tomorrow. I can look after the team. I can look after me. I can look after, you know, my family. And, um, and I guess it, you know, it took us a while till I got to that point where I felt just secure enough in the business that I can actually have fun with it. Because, yeah. you know, you're, it's, it's that duck analogy, isn't it? It's, you know, padding like fuck underneath to, you know, to look graceful on yeah, top. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the fact is it, it, it takes time to get there. And we're obviously doing things in a slightly different way. You know, um, you know, you, you, don't, um, you don't have employees and there are, you know, there's no right way to do it, but that can be, you know, that does add stress because you know, they, they've got mortgages, mortgages to pay, they've got kids themselves and you know, that kind of thing. So it, um, it just added that additional layer of pressure to what is already a you know, pressure decision. Like, you know, you yeah. decided that you're going to work for yourself. That's a brave decision you know, for, for most people. So how are you going to do that? Why are you going to do that? Oh God, now there's... You know, there's, there's a load of people over here that, that belong me too. So um, I think that was that was where I was first couple of years. And it, don't get me wrong, there were things in that time that I've really enjoyed too. But one of the things that it actually did teach me was that it's it's, it's okay to be direct about money to clients. You know, if somebody yep. isn't paying on time, then it's okay to do that because again, you're providing a service, you expect to pay for it. It's okay to to if somebody tries to to kind of you know to break me down and say, right, you know, actually, I, I want to pay this and you know, I'm, I'm going to um, commit to a, a, a shorter duration, it's okay to say, actually, no, we're sticking to this. And if you don't like it, that's fine. 
um, is kind of knowing your worth. And again, that gets easier when you, um, you know, when you have a bit of time um, and a bit of money in the bank, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had much of that sort of experience of uh, people either not paying or trying to hammer you down on price? Or I mean, do you get that a lot? Yeah, price, yes, because um, it's again, especially early years when people think, right, they're a small agency, we've lost the chances. So we can, you know, right. we're, yeah. we're, we're in the, the driving seat as a buyer here. And what you need to remember is you know, in, in VR is that it is a it, it is an industry where there's a lot of demand, a lot of supply, and you know I wouldn't say it's a supply outstrips demand, but you know there's a lot of competition out there. Um, so you know one, it means you need to you know differentiate, two, be noisy, um, but three, you know be conscious of the fact that it is a, it's, it's not a buyer's market in the sense that they can you know, treat you like shit and you just have to accept it. But there's there are alternatives out there. So yes, on the question, people trying to push us down, less so recently. Um, I was always told we can negotiate it then, and the, the other person says, okay, well, I'm, you know, I, I've only got this budget, then you need something to, so, which, you know, whether it's a, a longer duration for the contract or whatever it is, you, you know, you, you just need to kind of balance. Um, but in terms of people messing around with money, we're quite fortunate in that we invoice in advance and payment is expected in advance of work. I know not every agency works like that, but, you know, I've seen agencies that have Right, they'll invoice at the end of the month's work and then they have 30 day terms. So I'm not getting paid yeah. for 60 days. And PRB in the industry is, is it, it's a funny one in that yeah, it is a service and you know, obviously we, you know, we strive to be as special as we can be. And you know, I think in, in the industry world, um, in the agency world, we, you know, we're, we're pretty good at that. Uh, well, actually, I think we're very, very good at that. But sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes a client will say, do you know what? I don't feel like we did well that month. And, I, I'm not having that situation where a client can kind of have me over a barrel in that way and say, yeah. do you know what, yeah, we're, we're going to pay half because we feel like we, you know, we don't have the results we expected or something like that. So, yeah, we're, um, you know, I mean, in, term, in terms of kind of debtors, um, you know, we can keep on top of that really, really well. And, you know, so I think it's, it's just by being direct about it and saying, these are our expectations. Your expectations are you know, good work over here and, you know, these, these outputs and you know, this work on our part. This is our expectation of you, and as I say, the relationship aspect of it does come into it. You know, if you're if you're hiring us and think that you can just come and leave the PR function alone and you know let it run itself, then we're probably not the agency for you. We want somebody that we can you know, work with, and you say, oh god, this this has just happened. If you're a retailer, um, you know, like this for some reason this product's selling better. You know, and there's going to be a reason. There's going to be some potential PR you know, kind of benefit in in communicating that. So it's yeah, you know, I, I just want somebody that we can talk to, and then uh, you. Trust and respect what you can do. During his time running the agency, Rich has come to believe that there's little to no honeymoon period with new clients. He says that no matter what a great job you do, there's no client that you can't lose, and that after the initial excitement of the first few weeks, it's then all about delivery. One thing I heard once was that the second that you sign a client, you're losing them, and that's such a you know that's that's a really negative way of looking at it. But um, <laughs> it really is. But I mean, we just have an example where. Um, one of our clients called me, um, so spoke to him, and it was the most gushingly kind of positive call that ended with. So yeah, we're in-house in VR because you know we we get to this kind of global point where we need a centralised team, and then potentially we'll work with a, a network of agencies internationally. And, and got an email from him and said, like you guys have done an amazing job and really you know, changed the business, etc., which was phenomenal. But it still stings when, when they say, so we're in-house in PR, I build out the team inside me, which means, yeah, we're not going to be working with you anymore. And they've been <laughs> applied for 
four and a half years, so almost since the beginning. And it's a real gut punch. One of the big things that we both agree on is that there is a huge value in doing your own thing as a business and not necessarily doing what everyone else is doing, no matter how successful they might seem. The value of monitoring your competitors is actually pretty limited. Going back a couple of years, there was lots and lots of talk around sales funnels for agencies and consultants. And loads of these models were appearing of how you can create a a sales funnel for for your agency. And I kind of got sucked into this way of thinking. And, and, you know, put a lot of time and effort into thinking about my funnel and, and what I was going to do as I led people through this. Yeah. Looking back, I think it was utter bollocks <laughs> because it just didn't work. And, you know, all this time and thought I put into it and I, I used it for maybe, I don't know, six months a year. What sort of stuff are we doing? Are we doing like paid ads into paid ads into content, like, you know, with email kind of opt-in? Absolutely, all yeah, sorts all of stuff. stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, typical funnel stuff. Yeah. But it just wasn't working. And then I'd see other consultants and small agencies who who fit me, sort of my competitors, if you like, who were saying about what success they were having with Instagram and you need to be on Instagram and doing this, that and the other. And I, I, again, I kind of looked at it and thought, okay, well, it's worth a try and did some of that stuff. That didn't work either. (laughs) And (laughs) what I got to at the end was that my way of working, my way of doing things, my way of running my business is not the same as anyone else's. Yeah, so uh, the learning for me of that was you don't have to do what everyone else does. If everyone's saying you need a sales funnel, well, maybe you don't need a sales funnel. If everyone's yeah. saying you should be on Instagram and it might work for you as a business, well, not necessarily. So that might sound like a very obvious thing, but I think when you're running a business, it's easy to look around at your competitors and your peers and think, yeah. well, what are they doing? What are they doing? That there is, a, this is such an important point. In an industry where everybody is loud, um, it's easy to see what other people are doing and we only project a certain image of ourselves and uh, you know, the way that you want people to see your business and you see somebody over there that's a younger business or, yeah. you know, that, um, that, and, and you think, oh God, why don't we do that? Why don't we think of that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I say this, and you know, we do the same thing as well. You know, we're quite proactive and noisy again. Agents we've lost the, you know, I'm conscious of um, the fact that you know we're not right in the middle of everything, so we need to um, we need to get out there. And, you know, I'm very public with results and um, you know, things to do with the, the agency itself and the culture and, and all that stuff. And you know, I probably have people that look at me and think, oh, um, you know, or you know, well, why 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 are we doing that? But it's it's hard when you're in the business not to look over there and say, "See what they've got easier than that. Why? Yeah. You know, they're doing better than us. Why?" And and then as you as you already said, you know, it's, it's known. Well, actually, maybe they do just do something over there that works for them, but it wouldn't work for us, and that's okay. Yeah. There's there's no one way to do businesses there. I mean, you mean you know, our conversation now, your um, your consulting model. Um, you know, I'm sure that you there are stresses that I have that you're, you're probably glad that you don't have, and, and likewise, yeah. <laughs> and likewise, you know, there are there are stresses of being a consultant. That you know, I probably would appreciate. You know, I quite like having the um, the security now of a, of a structured team and, and knowing that if something comes in, this is what happens with that. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I think yeah, looking over there at what other people are doing, you know, try it, apply it. If it works, brilliant. If not, then you can obviously you can obviously change it. I mean, we went with the you know the four day paid for five um, yes. model getting on for two years ago now, and you know, it's not been without its bumps, and you know there are still 
um, the stresses around it. But you know, it's it's something that I thought, well, we're going to try something different that can work for us. Yep. Um, it, it wouldn't necessarily work for everybody, and that's okay. You know, um, you know that's that's kind of under constant review as well. And our clients have to be yes, no. Are we profitable? Are we as profitable as we were? Yes, no. Um, so you know, are the team happy? Are there other ways that you know, we could be getting more out of more out of them? But you know, and I've had people say, "Oh God, I wish I wish I'd done this before you did it." And and what they mean by that, you know, even agency people have said that. You know, but yeah, you got that before I did. They they mean that because you know, it's it's got some attention, it's got some press attention. I guarantee you, not one bit of press attention has got a single client. So you know, there's and that's not maybe it helps from a recruitment perspective, or it's almost certainly helps from a recruitment perspective. But you know, it's not. You know, they're, they're seeing a benefit there. They perceive that there's a benefit there to us as a business that then there isn't necessarily. Well, I mean, that's one thing, uh, without trying to blow smoke up your ass, that I kind of admire you for, in that you are prepared to be a bit different than than what others do and say, perhaps. And, and the four-day week is a good example of that. But then you've just started the the PR in a car yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's both examples of just doing something a bit different. Yeah. And yes, it, it might attract attention, and that's great, but that's not really the driving force for doing it, is it? No, you know, if I build an audience out of doing it, then great. But you know, I've got no intention of doing this forever. Yeah, yeah. This, this for me, it's like an autodidactic auto thing. You know, I, I left school, um, you know, didn't finish my levels, and, and as I say, I'm kind of kid at So, um, you know, who am I to say about qualifications and education? But I yeah, yeah. learn very much by doing. And as soon as I started working in PR, I started, I wanted to use every tool I wanted. You know, I went off to Second Life and I built this little agency hub in Second Life. Remember the bloody virtual world? <laughs> yes, I um, do remember that. And, and I, was, I was a month into the agency and I was just thinking, how do I teach myself? How do I learn? How do we be different? You know, for, for the right reasons, it's not just because, you know, it's, it's something new, but, you know, it's a podcast. And I thought, well, how do I do that? We've got clients that we manage um, in a podcast for, and it, we have the script in and um, getting guests and, and all that stuff. But we're paying the studio and editors to, you know, not, not an insignificant amount of money to support us on that. And I thought, well, can I do that? And well, what mic qualities do I need? Um, you know, what tech do I actually need? How do I get something on at the podcast? And I've learned how to do that. And you know, I've got so many other things that, that I want to do that would benefit from those skills. So it's it really is just learning as you go along. And um, I guess I've since I've been in PR, I've always wanted to create and. Give back sounds really corny, but you know I like the fact that it's quite a quite a conversational industry. You know we yes we, absolutely we, learn, we we lend and we learn and we you know we, we talk well, and I think that's that's phenomenal. The, the, the fact that you've got people with you know, years, decades, even in some cases, experience that are willing to give their time, give their expertise, give their knowledge freely. That there are people that come into the industry and don't take advantage of that, and I just don't understand how and why you no you know there are. You know, if it's not books, there are podcasts. If, if it's not podcasts, there are you know, blogs. If it's not blogs, there are people on Twitter and Reddit yep. and things like that. They're yep. so free with, with um, you know, their information that it's in this. You know, that's, that's actually, we're, we're lucky to be in, in a place like that. So you know, I try to do the same. So, you know, with, um, with Piano Card, if, if it's useful to people, amazing. You know, I think it's um, one of those things where you know, it's identifying the audience and actually understanding what am I, what am I communicating, why. Um, yeah. But that to me is kind of second at the minute to actually I'm learning something here. You know, every time yeah. I do it, I'm learning something. And as you said, and you know, very kindly said, you know, I, 
I do try different things because why not? You know, it's, it's, it's the way to learn for me. Neither Rich or I are huge believers in business plans or planning much further beyond the next year. Fundamentally, there are only two ways to grow a communications consultancy, and they are to retain the clients you have and to bring in new clients. With that in mind, you know you're doing well when you're retaining your clients and when you have potential new clients knocking on the door. But although we don't make detailed business plans, we do think it's important to know where you're going. The five-year thing was a, was a funny point because I remember uh, an agency um, an agency owner telling me that you know, he by five years expected to be in a certain case and just wasn't and that, that really tracks but you know, I, I don't know what I thought I don't know if we'd have offices all over the world or, or anything like that um, <laughs> but you think oh, I thought I'd be further along than I am right now and um, what you know the reason that you think that is because actually you don't, you know, you don't necessarily have an idea as to where you're going so for me it's about now building up the, the radioactive group quite set on um, what I want to do from a biggest perspective what I want to do from uh, not a team size, but skills and resources within that team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so PR is and will always remain the cornerstone and you know, company of the group. But I've set up a couple more since. Um, you know, Radioactive Talent is the the second limited company under you know, under that group banner, and that deals with performance marketing and affiliate marketing in particular. Uh, so you know, the client gets paid if we get paid. Uh, no, sorry, the other way around. We get paid if the client gets paid. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a model that's working really well where we're basically going out to influencers, live streamers, publishing networks, mm-hmm. and promoting brands. And really kind of showing influencers what their worth is rather than them thinking agencies have, have always paid me, will always pay me 5K for a post, you know, 10 grand to do this thing, maybe a grand to do it. Like, well, no, actually, because the benefit of brands is, is very little and they're getting wise to it. All the big brands that I speak to in this in, you know, in this space are kind of sick of just chucking bad money after good. And maybe just, maybe a hit to market doesn't work. So like, no, 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 it can, because they're, that audience is valuable. But, you know, if we're kind of going about this the wrong way, let's, let's think performance first. Um, and really show, we're going to show that influencer, your audience is worth this to you. And the brilliant thing there is there's a massive scale. Now I've got other kind of arms that I'd like to, I'd like to start so social so you know, we yes we do um, you know we manage some social now and we've got resources in house to be paid social but I want to build out radioactive social um, I've got production you know I want to build out that because again if you think where do you spend money or where do you lose money as an agency well you lose money if you have to um, you know, if you have to pay for a, a video production company for your client because you know one of your projects or companies needs it well let's let's bring everything under one roof and even the speaking agency is, is on the cards. You know, I've got, we've got clients that we farm out to, um, events and you can learn very, very well. Stick a margin on that. And, and yeah, so that for me is the, the direction that we're, we're heading in. And, you know, again, that every person up in, um, in the team knows where we're aiming. It sounds like I think we can do something massive. I, I genuinely think we can be, you know, with the group, a top 100 global agency. And that's where we're headed. But is that not, just to question you, is that not a plan? Because I would say you've got one hell of a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't plan to start off with, certainly. Um, and I don't think of myself as much of a planner, but you know, that there... Assume, I guess it got to a point where I was, well, I want the team to know where we're going. Um, right. It's, um, you know, I don't have kind of, you know, points along the way. 
Yeah. Right, like, like year six, we need to we've done this. By like year seven, we need to have done this. But yeah. I know, I know where we're going. And you can, you can get buy-in if you, if you say, well, this is where we're going. Are you with me? And then that, that really helps. I guess what it demonstrates really is adaptability because, like you say, going back five years when you started, you would never have looked to this point and saying, well, we're going to be doing this and I'm thinking about that and thinking about this. It just wouldn't happen. No, 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 so, so you're being adaptable. And I mean, it's the same way I think, I guess, is that you can only plan so far ahead now and it's yeah. not very far because things change so fast. And now is a prime example with the economy the way it is and what we've had all the rubbish around Brexit for God knows how long. Any plans that I've ever put in place, even going ahead of a year, how I've always sort of felt the need to change them. And and I I know plans should be adaptable, but my own sort of approach and something I've learned over the last five years is that sometimes not having a plan it's fine. It's it's as good as having a plan almost. If you know you haven't got a plan, does that make yeah. sense? Or just keep it keep it top line, and and then be okay with, with the fact that things will change. Exactly that. Like, did you, you? Is your business where you thought it was going to be five years in? Again, it's difficult to say because I I'm the same as you. I don't set specific targets, so I can only talk kind of looking back with hindsight. If I think about my specifically my fifth year in business last year, then if I'd have said five years ago, I would be making that revenue and make working for those sorts of brands, then absolutely I'd be over the moon with that. But I'd be lying if I said I'd planned it that way, if that makes <laughs> any sense yeah. at all. <laughs> I think, I think one, one thing that jumps out from, from you know, chatting about this is everybody's got ideas and you, know, you can have the best plans in the world, but it's all about execution, isn't it? It's all about, oh, it would be quite fun to do a, you know, a podcast or something like that. Do it. You know, it, oh, it would be quite fun to you know, start a company in this space. You know, it's it's all well and good having top-level ideas. It's, you know, it really is an execution. And then, and then as you say, the, the learning you know, as, as you go along um, through that. And, and then knowing it's okay if things don't work out. And I think that's one thing that I'm surprised myself that I'm good at is, do you know what, if... If the four day doesn't work out long term, then I'm fine with that. You know, yeah. you know, there's no egg on my face because I tried yeah, something. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. You know that, that saying, you know, trying and not working isn't isn't failure. It's um, you know, to, to fail is not to have tried, and that's yeah. um, you know, that's kind of the way I think run the business as well. Actually, yeah, let absolutely. Somebody, let me put somebody in this position. Oh wait, that doesn't quite work. Well, because of X, Y, Z reason, but I wouldn't have known that otherwise. And you know, certainly for you. At the end of the day, there's an awful lot to be said for just being nice when you work in the communications industry. Being helpful and supportive and friendly goes a very long way when it comes to having a successful business that survives the test of time. In five years, I've learned that there's, there's, there's enough work to go around. I, I try and make it you know, my business to, to be supportive, to be to really get on with as many people as I can because you know, A, you never know, um, you know what you know, what that might bring. You, know, you never know what another relationship might bring. But also, it's a, it's a relatively small industry, isn't it? In yeah, the sense yeah. of, you know, we all, you know, everybody knows everybody. If you're coming into it, just be, a, you know, a decent person. And, you know, I've seen examples where that's not necessarily been the case. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes things are a bit catty or whatever. But I just think, like, being able to build relationships like yours and mine, you know, for us to be able to, you know, to chat to each other as we do is, you know, is, isn't just a positive thing that, you don't get if you come into this with this kind of apprentice-like 
I destroy everybody in my way attitude. Um, you know, because it's, it's a bit of nonsense. And I, I think you, know, you, you don't want to be looking back in 10 years' time and think, well, I've, I've built this, but actually, you know, everything's all right, dicker. You know, there's, there's, there's enough out there. So I know, I know it's a weird note to, to kind of end on, but you know, I think it's a really... No, it's not at all. I, I, I fundamentally agree with you. I think it's great to, to have you know someone like you almost alongside me tracking you know five years on, starting a similar time. So it's good to compare notes with people sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure if you talk to other people who've been in business five years, they'll have slightly different things from that. They might even disagree with some of the stuff we've said, but... <laughs> It's fantastic that you've been going five years and obviously got plans to be going a lot longer. Sounds like you've got some yeah. great ideas there. So, um, Congratulations to you as well. Yeah, thank um, you. Cheers. I think I'll be terrified to, to do it alone now. <laughs> you can find Rich on Twitter as RichLeePR. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please do leave a review as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.